Chapter 2 The Village of Hernwich Green, Warwickshire, England Hocktide Eve, A.D. 1287 The fifteenth year of the reign of King Edward I. The rain had eased off, but still threatened, as Perkin Slewfoot trudged along the well-worn path towards the tithe barn by the manor house. It was cold and bitter this early in the morning, and being a lowly villain, he wore just a coarse grey wool jerkin, loose leggings, and the old felt hat he had inherited from his father. His toes showed through his shoes, which were soon caked in mud. He scratched absent-mindedly. The fleas had been merciless during the night. Perkin quickened his pace. He knew the reeve was waiting for him, the hard-faced Hubert Subsey, whose job it was to exact every working hour from those who owed service to their lord of the manor, Sir Robert Le Ward. Sometimes it was two or three days a week he must labour thus under the ancient and inviolable covenant between noble and bound. In return for service in his fields, the Lord would graciously extend his protection over him. One morning two winters ago, still in his bed, Perkin's father had turned his face to the wall in silent despair and died. His eldest son had gone to be a mercenary and hadn't been heard of again, and his daughter had been hastily married off at fourteen. It had left only Perkin to look after his careworn mother in their humble wattle-and-daub home. He'd always known he'd never marry, for he'd been born with a gnarled ankle that had earned him the name Slewfoot. No girl would look upon such a poor risk as a provider. But he didn't pine, for was this not God's way of caring for his mother? Perkin just got along with life. With no allowances in their pitiless world for half-work, he had learned the hard way how to keep up with the others, the hand to the plough, the hoe and harrow, and at harvest time the sickle. But provided he laboured on the Lord's stipulated days, including the extra boon-work, he was free to work for himself. He had several strips planted in barley and peas. There were three geese fattening nicely and a goat for milk, but he'd had to sell the pig after the wet and bleak winter just endured. The reeve shouted at the line of serfs, bringing the straw baskets of seed. Perkin filled his pouch, then went off with his friend Godswain, the man's gap-toothed smile always cheering. They set to with their dibbers, each to a strip and within hailing distance. A jab down and twist in the freshly turned soil, a single bean dropped in, and on to the next in a time-worn rhythm. The strips were a chain wide and a furlong in length. It was hours before they completed their task, their backs burning with fatigue. The two sat companionably together on the turfed edge of the field, and took out their bread and cheese trimmed with onions. Godswain shared a costrel of ale with Perkin. "'God's teeth on your feet, you full-born oafs!' the reeve's snarl cut through their rest. "'And we've done it all, the Lord's sowing, Master Subsey,' Godswain said nervously. "'If the reed had a mind to, they could be brought before the bailiff, 
and fined for default of their obligation to service. "'That's as well, you low-arsed pair of drabble-tails. I wants to see you behind a plough this afternoon, so Robert needs his winter wheat in the ground afore May Day.' They hurriedly finished their repast as two scraggy beasts were brought up, the plough with a sadly blunted iron share and coulter. As they faced up to the strip, the first drops of rain spattered down, and with it a gusty, spiteful blow. The oxen were bulky, wanting their buyer, the soil sticky and resisting. But in the driving rain they pushed forward, perking at the plough, Godswain with the ox goad, both silent in the shared misery of hard labour in the shuddering wet and cold. It was some consolation that for this crop furrows were shallower, but it was heavy going, endless hours of flogging. Both